How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Norwin Pinoca. Shana Goldman, Martin Byron. Three names to keep in mind as we roll through the next hour here on Sabres Live. Hunchy, might I be. Feisty, Marty said off air he might be. Spicy, actually, was the word. Because of the t-shirt, for those on MSG, I'm wearing my sriracha hot chili sauce t-shirt. Bringing the heat. Because of the uh, low supply of sriracha uh, hot sauce that's going on, but yeah. so how much would you pay for a bottle, given its limited quantity worldwide? I get Frank's. <laughs> I wouldn't get well, sriracha's. I'd get Frank's hot. So what if there's what a trickle do. down and Frank ends up feeling the brunt of this too? Okay, um, I'm not a big hot. Okay, so if you let's say there was a, I'm going to use a different example. There was a ketchup. shortage of ketchup. <laughs> then I would be paying a boatload or I would find a way to try to make my own. I'm telling you right now, if I had the, the insider information that ketchup would be in the shortage in a few months, mm-hmm. I would be the one at the store to buy five cases. Like seriously, okay. I cannot go without it. So my Sriracha insider is Sriracha Sam. I do not know Ketchup Kate. Um, She is allegedly a source on that front. We will endeavor through the course of either today or maybe into next week. This could take a while um, to get to the bottom of it. Now, what we've also been kind of trying to do this week, like everybody's trying to do at this time of year, is figure out Mm, potential openings, um, still future transactions to be made by the Sabres as, especially as their forward group, uh, you know, eventually comes into play through training camp and the preseason, i.e. the Quinn absence and due to injury and Victor Olofsson's status. Now we dove deeply into uh, Victor's 28th birthday a couple of days ago and just tried to balance the the ledger as far as how one can view Olafson as a player yes. at his age of 28, this far along in his career, the potential for turnaround or improvement in certain defensive metrics based on who he plays with, and perhaps a, a bump back up in ice time based on the fact that he's been in a decline in that regard the last few years, even though he had a career high 28 goals last season. That led us down the path yesterday of you know, other names that might be out there through unrestricted free agency or, you know, like the brave nature of going after a restricted free agent 
uh, either acquiring rights. One that has rights. not filed for arbitration because you cannot offer sheets somebody have filed for arbitration. So it's limited, but yes. there is options out there. And so Victor makes 4.7. Um, it was suggested yesterday by one of us that maybe Alexi Lafreniere could be approached on an offer sheet to the highest tune of 4.2 before you would have to pay more than a second round pick if the Rangers didn't match. One name that we didn't pursue yesterday because he did not fall into the unrestricted category or the restricted category, but his name has been out there a few times, although your buddy Danny B has been kind of quiet lately. So I don't know whether that means the door is closed on Travis Konechny, who's a $5.5 million player coming off of his greatest goal-scoring season to date as he has joined the 30-goal realm in the NHL. How does one view what Briere is doing with Philadelphia, whether he and Jones and Tortorella are playing coy right now with the projection of their roster for this coming year? We know, in theory, what they're attempting to do, but we still don't know how many more parts they may get rid of, i.e. the Konechnys, the Lawtons, and others. So the way that I see it is that I think Danny Breer and Keith Jones, as now the president of hockey operations, probably look at the numbers. They look at the, you know, projections for what is Konechny next contract as well, because Travis Konechny has two years left at five and a half. And mm-hmm. if he is the type of player that you say, well, he's going to be a 70 point guy, like he had 60 points, 61 points in 60 games last year. Maybe he's a point-of-game guy. Well, a point-of-game guy in the NHL is eight, eight and a half million? Like, I mean, are you willing to pay Travis Konechny that money in two years from down the road? And who needs so, to? Huh? But who needs to? You've got a player for two years, which is worth more well, than that, just I'm, about any draft pick or prospect you're willing to part with at this yes, point. Yes, but in I'm just saying, like, you make projection, right? You're the new GM. You look at all your players and you say, what do we have them now? Oh, sorry. You're looking at it from Philly's standpoint. Yeah, from yeah, Philly's yeah. standpoint. You look at that projection, right? But here's the thing. That's why I think that the rumors have cooled off on Travis Konechny is because right away, Danny Briere, Key Jones have said, we're open for business. Give us a call. Like anybody on the on the roster, we will talk about it, right? They have made that clear. But then what happens is that you sit with your coaching staff and you talk about next year and the roster. And I can guarantee you, you that Travis Konechny is probably one of John Tortorella's favorite player on the team. He, he is this coach's type of player, a hard-nosed player that puts up point, that block shots that can kill penalties if you want to, that can play power play, that has a physical edge to his game. So now if you're Danny Briere and your coach is like, I I need to have some type of players to be able to, to guide this locker room the right direction. So all of a sudden it cools off, right? Because right away you're open for business and then it cools off. But if I was a general manager, one of 31 around the NHL, I'd keep calling Philly every week. Hey. Mm-hmm. What's happening with that guy that makes five and a half million for the next two years and is a forward and can play the left or the right wing? Like you, you can always keep tabs, right? You see where the tone of the conversation goes. Um, I think that I would make those phone calls weekly just to see. 
I'd call other teams to see what other teams may be involved in it, but I'd keep a close eye on it because if the Flyers decide to go completely the other way, mm-hmm. um, which maybe they will do at some point with young players and maybe Travis Konechny is the type of guy that you can go and, and get in a trade. Arbitration hearing is underway today for Philip Kurashev, so we can celebrate that a little later on with also other pending arbitration hearings as Shana Goldman will join us at the bottom of the hour. And that means it's actually not Friday, so we're moving up the delight of Shana's presence one day so we can uh, focus a little more on, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but uh, some alumni appearances tomorrow, thanks to our good friend Danny Gare. And um, Shana's got a lot to talk about, obviously, and there have been some signings, some of them avoiding arbitration hearings in the last 24 hours, Gabe Velarde most notably, with Winnipeg, but you know, we're starting to close the window a little quicker on the number of arbitration potential arbitration cases remaining, because as of this morning before the Kuroshev hearing, 13 of the 24 that were scheduled had already be, been settled, and there is still greater likelihood that the bulk of that remaining 11 does, in fact, get done before most yes. of the hearings roll around into next week. But Kuroshev aside... Konechny is the more interesting name for us at the moment. When I say Travis Konechny, what do you think of as far as impact, value to his team, and potential trade acquisition cost? Okay, well, obviously the Flyers would be looking at young players, right? They'd be looking at draft picks, uh, recent draft picks, maybe even uh, potential draft pick in the upcoming year, uh, NHL roster players, but young. Uh, guys maybe in their first or second year. Um, so the Sabres have plenty of that, right? I I hate to say it because, you know, poor Peyton Krebs is going to become Ryan Johnson of the last few years. He's going to be included in every trade, right? Because I think that Peyton Krebs, um, when you look at the prospects and the young players that have now developed through the Sabres, I'm thinking, well, he may be one that still has very high value, has played in the NHL for a while, was, uh, you know, a first-round pick of the Vegas Golden Knights, and then you can throw him in there as a trade. The player that maybe Philadelphia can see a lot of upside in Peyton Krebs. But if you look at the Sabres roster, where does Peyton Krebs really fit? I mean, he's not getting center position over Tate Thompson or Dylan Cousins, maybe not even over Casey Middlestat. So you're saying it's, it's more of a depth player right now for the Buffalo Sabres. So I think that's what you're looking at. If you're looking at trading for Travis Konechny, uh, but again, if I'm the Sabres, I'm looking at at one one spot and one spot only right now is how do you fill the absence of Jack Quinn? Would mm-hmm. Travis Konechny be a good fit there alongside Dylan Cousins and JJ Paterka? I feel like I want JJ Paterka to turn into a bit of Travis Konechny, a bit of a hard nosed player. That, but imagine if you had those two on the same line with a Cousins who's much bigger and stronger mm. in the middle. I think you would you would have a top six that any team would want, right? So that, to me, is is why I think the Travis Konechny d- discussion is interesting. If if Jack Quinn was there, fully healthy, if you had Cousins, Paterka, your top six was there, mm-hmm. fully healthy, maybe you don't need to to throw everything but the kitchen sink at Travis Konechny and the Flyers. But right now, I feel like there could be a need. Um, mm-hmm. and, and listen, 
Flyers would probably take a flyer on Victor Olsen as well, like a guy that can score goals. Uh, they, they would like goals and maybe a, another reclamation project going the other way. Well, I look at it more from the Olsen standpoint than the Quinn standpoint. So, like, wouldn't you think that for a marginal increase in salary, 475 for Olsen, 5.5 for Konechny, um, like, does it is it is it worth, in your opinion, moving a pick and a prospect for Konechny with two years of full control? Um, you know, is it is it worth it? Is now the right time? Because we we talk about when to go for it, and you know whether that means going for it in the form of a more veteran goaltender at some point before the season starts. These are all out there for discussion. So yeah. I just think Konechny with term meaning can give you two really 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 good years assuming he's playing with some pretty talented players um i'm just wondering what you you think of the 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 cost out and the value in um well the cost out i i'm not worried about it because the sabers are in my opinion pretty stacked when it comes to right. replacement players so mm -hmm. the cost out you know what at some point those players not to be really selfish here mm -hmm. but a player that has been waiting to get into the nhl and can't because and is a high level player is going to want out and there's going to be guys like that that are going to want to go somewhere else right now it's great buffalo's got great players great prospects rochester is benefiting from those great prospects but at some point some of those guys are going to say i need an opportunity and if it's mm -hmm. not here i want it somewhere else so the cost you know, players out, it doesn't matter. I feel like the Sabres are pretty well stacked when it comes to prospects. Uh, and they keep refilling those, those you know, cabinets with, with better prospects and more draft picks. So uh, I think they're fine. Uh, the opportunity right now to go for it is definitely significant. It's significant. Why? Because I've seen already two projection, point projection for next season. And both of those point projections for next season have the Sabres out of the top four in the Atlantic. I mean, then you're fighting maybe for the second wildcard spot if five teams go in from the Atlantic, but mm -hmm. you're not in the top four and you're really putting your odds at making the playoffs on the lesser side if you can't break the top four. And I think a lot of it has to come because most experts out there are going to say, well, what about the goal, the goalie situation? But mm -hmm. if you added Konechny, and you kept the same goaltenders, I think it would flip. I think it would say, well, who cares really? what they have in that? Because now they added another piece up front. And yeah, they are in the top four now. So I think that's the impact that a guy like Travis Konechny would have on the the feel around the NHL. Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's that much of an impact player that he can be. Now, not to flip the script, although I was never really writing a script, uh, I'm guessing you might have sensed you know, an optimism for this player, his defensive metrics are not particularly good. So how concerned are you of that bringing Konechny into a team that was already, as we know, challenged to keep the puck out of their end and ultimately out of their net? Well, um, I'm thinking that the way that they are trying to, number one, add a, a I don't want to say a different defensive 
um, structure. But what mm-hmm. we saw in the last 10, 15 games of the season was definitely a better understanding of how to grind games out and keep games tight and maybe play that way. So I, I feel like the Sabres learned a lesson that way. I think that the Connor. You mean like the seven, six game against Detroit? No, that was not one that was great, but okay, it was still a one-goal game. So they were able to shut it down at some point and not give up the seven goal, which is yeah. a small victory of itself. Uh, you know, Connor Clifton is going to help. Um, you know, Owen Power in the second year is going to help. Matthias Samuelson playing hopefully 75 games this year. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that would help. We saw the impact that Samuelson had with him and without him in the lineup. So that to me is a big difference. So um, yeah, the defensive numbers weren't great. When you look at the expected goals against the Sabres were in the bottom five of the league at five on five. That mm. can't happen. You have to be top 15. Like you cannot play your games with um, complete abandonment of your defensive structure. It has mm. to be a point of impact, especially now that you've developed an offensive identity. You know, you can score goals. You know, you can still win a game four two by playing a little bit more careful defensively. You have the talent to do it. But I'm I'm asking more specifically, what are you gaining? If Olofsson can score 28 and Konechny can score 32, but both are not strong in the same area, what are you gaining here? You're gaining a physical side of a game, a bit okay. of a, a more grit. Uh, he I, also can't but, wear number 11. So would that affect him? Uh, well, he used to. Where I no, that was Barzal. Barzal used to wear 97. Him and Connor McDavid both had the number 97 when they played youth hockey, which I I felt like it was a little bit weird, but anyway. Um, I no, I I don't think the numbers would worry so much. He'd wear 111, he'd be the first player to go with three numbers, one, one, one. Um, you could fit that because there'd be numbers in the back, you could really fit it. Uh, no, I think you'd gain a physical player, a player with an edge. We talked about one-on-one battles yesterday, winning mm-hmm. one-on-one battles, being able to get puck recoveries. Um, I think you would get definitely that on top of what Victor Olsen has been able to do. And you would be getting somebody that, like I said, would be a point, a game player. I think there's a lot more facets to connect in his game. Yes, the defensive side hasn't been great, but also... Philly for a long time was not good defensively and was not getting good goaltending. Last year was the first year that John Tortorella tried to build more of a defensive structure and Mm -hmm. Carter Hart was a little bit better. So, uh, you know, if, if it's trending the right direction or at least stabilizing, I think we'd be okay. You want a trivia question? Always. I mean, it's made up, obviously it's really, really, really unique parameters here. Travis Konechny, among players who made between 5 and 5.999 million, Travis Konechny was sixth in goals last year among players in that salary range. Can you name the five other players ahead of him who were in that 5 to 5.9 cap hit range? I would not be able to start because I would name somebody that would be making nine million. I'd say, like, oh, that person's making nine. No, I, you're really good at this. I think I'm just. I, I think I've caught you. I've blindsided well, you to use our summary. I don't word. even know. Like, what was Konechny's, uh numbers last year? So he had 31 goals. Yeah. Uh, so on on this list, we have a 41 goal scorer, a 40 goal scorer, 
a 39, a 37, and a 36 in front of him. Okay. Uh, and, Eastern uh, or Western Conference? Um, all West. All Western. That's going to make it clue. a lot tougher. No, it narrows it down. <laughs> okay. Um, one guy that comes to mind is Carter Verhage, but I don't know what his wrong conference. Uh, non, oh, he's wrong. He's east. That's right. I see. Oh, I started okay. my my okay. My so day. okay. So I, I think you were right. You're not going to get this. Adrian <laughs> Kempe scored 41 times. He has okay. the exact same cap hit as Konechny. Okay. Jared McCann has a five million cap hit and scored 40 for the first time in his career. The best okay. first-year player in the NHL last year was Andre Kuzmenko. Yes. He just wasn't eligible to win the Calder. He scored 39 times and now has a 5.5 cap hit moving forward. Okay. The most – do you ever go through what I just went through two hours ago when researching? Do you ever go through the what was I watching last year phase of your processing? Oh, like many times. Like so, surprised by a player's performance on a bad team that uh, I was like, I didn't know he did that well. Okay. Well, this was actually on a good team. Oh. And at age 30, he's got this cap hit moving forward forever. And he had never, ever, 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 ever come close to numbers like this. Oh. Is Ryan Nugent Hopkins yes. on that? Yes. Okay. Yes. 37 goals and 104, 104 points, points. And his cap yes. hit moving forward is 5.125, which now, if he comes anywhere close to these numbers, he becomes the best bargain in the NHL. Like we sit here and talk about Tage Thompson and Dylan Cousins. Like yes. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was nowhere close to being a point of game in his career. Imagine nowhere you've close. got he's, Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and you're paying them 14 million together. It's unbelievable. That's like this crazy. season for Nugent Hopkins, and I'm sure they do this in Edmonton all the time. It is one for the ages. Like imagine what you would be doing. Imagine how we would be talking about a Sabre player who typically just, you know, played well, was trusted. That's why you could never walk away from him. You had to extend him, right? Yeah. But he's likely only going to get you 60 points. 60 is fine. 60 is good. good. It's good. One one hundred and four. Yeah, <laughs> it's so off the charts. And the next guy on that goal scoring list in that salary range was his teammate Zach Hyman, who scored thirty six times. Uh, yeah. So imagine is... you're paying Zach Hyman five and a half, and you're paying Ryan Nugent Hopkins five point one two five. Yeah. Like this is the world upside down. But it's like, also literally. what you needed when you have superstars like McDavid and Dreisaitl, right? Yes. Like you have to have value guys and they hope that they've found another one in kind of the, you know, the hopefully returning to full health, Connor Brown, right? Like well, that's kind of, that's what they were, are hoping is going to be their significant offseason move. But it's Connor kind of McDavid effect right there saying yeah. that I was going to go and like kidnapped him from his house for him mm -hmm. to come and play with the Oilers. Well, so this is always, I always like just trying to put it into perspective, like as opposed to us just sitting here and talking about Travis Konechny and people can have their opinions. Like, let's try to put him in the cap hit box that he's in. So we're talking about the Kempes, McCanns, Nugent Hopkins, Hymans of the world, and right behind him, Raquel, Marcia so, Riley Smith, you know, guys like that, good players. And then you just have to figure out, okay, is it worth it? And is that something you should make a play for? I I think it's an interesting, I, 
I don't know how many people would be that disappointed if Buffalo went out and got Travis Konechny. But of course, it always comes down to acquisition costs. So you know, but I, I, if I, if we found somebody that would be disappointed that the Sabers got Travis Konechny, I would have to sit down, have a major sit down, go for lunch, try to understand that person's mindset. Because even if you overpaid for Travis Konechny, mm-hmm. the goal is to win. The goal mm-hmm. is to try to put. And now, listen, I'm not saying if, and and most likely the Flyers are not going to move Konechny right now. So okay. I'm not saying that the Sabres are failing to try to get better by not acquiring Konechny. I'm just saying that's the one player that was rumored that we've talked off air plenty of times that we want to circle back because of the Olofsson conversation, because of the UFA conversation, the RFA conversation, and think that, you know what? Like, there's still some options out there for moves to be made. And mm-hmm. Travis Konechny is still one of them if it was to be made available. Now, again, we're not in those conversations. So um, I don't think that there's many conversations happening right now. But if it was to, or if tomorrow we found out that Konechny got traded to the Seattle Kraken, like we'd be like, what What just happened here? Like, what is the, the you know, what is the return? And how could the Sabres have made that happen? Well, that's an interesting example because the Kraken are one of the teams most loaded with $5 million players. So he would fit right into their wheelhouse. It's incredible how many they have. And unfortunately, they missed his presence during the back half and their playoff run in Andre Burakovsky. But they have a lot of guys in that exact range. And it seems to be working for them right now, obviously long before you have to get Veneers and others perhaps into a different stratosphere contractually yes happy birthday remember we talked a lot about victor olofsson's 28th happy <laughs> birthday brett murray big brett murdog is uh he is 25 today has his latest deal with the sabers it's of the two-way variety and he is one of many that enters camp this fall with who knows maybe that one last opportunity in this organization to really prove that he can take that next step agree what are you willing to do, right? That's what I think the line for training camp this year should be. What are you willing to do? Are you mm-hmm. willing to play out of character? Are you willing to battle hard, even in practice for that last spot? Are you willing to, you know, take preseason games, not as a tuned up type of game, more of a statement type of game. And I think for Brett Murray and many others, that's the question. What are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go? to mm-hmm. get there. Um, that's why training camp this year is going to be very interesting because of the battles that will ensue pretty much all over the place. Because even on defense, the Sabres have nine defensemen listed on cap friendly right now. Like mm-hmm. you can't keep nine. You can probably keep seven, maybe eight. If you want to, there's going to be battles everywhere. So Brett Murray, everybody else come to camp ready to answer that question. What are you willing to do? But happy are birthday. You- are you willing to take a break for Shayna Goldman on a Thursday afternoon? Of course you are. So Shayna's coming up, and so too is the option right now for you to get involved as a half-season plan member. We've got 22 game plans. Choose between the Royal and the Gold plans. Uh, become a half-season member, and you can receive access to exclusive events, savings on box office prices, the Sabres store, and more. Visit sabres.com slash memberships to learn early. Do not adjust you're set. It is Thursday, and Shayna Goldman is next on Sabres Live. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We moved it up a day. The Shayna Goldman experience this week on Sabres Live happens on a Thursday as opposed to a Friday. Shayna, thank you for accommodating. We couldn't wait to see you. How's it going? Going well. Happy to accommodate. I know we got it's like a Friday early. Today's officially the Thursday is the new Friday. See, that's exactly what I was hoping you would say. And that's kind of what we're trying for, for the vibes here on today's show. And we actually have an arbitration case underway. So these are scintillating times in this NHL (laughs) offseason. But we also have a disagreement, Mr. Biron and I, over the value of a player who was traded this offseason and now resides in Winnipeg. Gabe Velarde's got a new deal. And I'm not going to tell you which side of the fence Martin is on or myself. How do you feel about the Velarde deal? And who's the winner, the player or the team? Oof, I think both could be, actually, because I think the team's the winner in that they didn't overcommit, right? The, the, where the Jets are right now, they don't need to overcommit on any contracts and any salary because I don't think they even know their true direction right now. There's so many more chips that we expect to fall. Mark Shifley, they already handled Dubois. What's going to happen with Helen Buck? What are you going to do with Josh Morrissey after that? Are you going to be able to do anything with these players in their you know, better years? So you have to go a little bit younger, and it makes sense to just keep things loose and easy. For Villardi, I think it's a good contract because if he signed a long-term deal right now, I think he would have shortchanged himself, especially with the cap where it is. I think that this is a good bridge deal to bet on himself, see what he's going to do in a different role on a different team. You know, maybe he'll have more ice time. Maybe he will be more of a bonafide top six player instead of like more of a middle six player. So if he went for the big contract now, I think he would, you know, lessen what he could make, especially as the cap grows. So I think this is good for him. Yeah, so the way I see it is... It's good for him. I, I, he's a new player on a new team. A lot of times they'll say, well, we're not going to give you a four or five-year deal now. Let's get to know you. We'll give you two years, and then you can hit it later. It's good for him. The cap will go up. I think three and a half or so is low. A guy scored 23 mm-hmm. goals, 41 points, going to be a top six player, could probably go higher. But they also have to keep some room for Kopari, who's an RFA, and Logan uh, Stanley, who's an RFA, going to arbitration. So they don't want to put themselves in a bad position with, with Velarde. But what, what do you see Velarde's um, top end being? I, I think he could be a 50-point guy. Yeah, I think I he could be so. at 25 goals average every year. Like, do you see him being more than that or just staying where he's at right now? 
I think he's a little bit more than what he is right now. I think that he kind of just hit his stride and he was a little bit streaky at times. I think that the playmaking, you know, he'll develop more. He has the shooting talent. He has the finishing talent. I think that he's going to be able to round out his game under the right coach. And this is what's going to get really interesting because Rick Bonus is not some offensive coach, right? He has a top line, a very good top line. And usually that's about it for him. And everything else is, you know, defense first, even if it suffocates the offense out. So it's going to be interesting to see where he puts him and how he values him. And if he can, you know, bring out his offensive strengths. I just feel like, For a player in his position with the right coaching at this time, I think it's a really important time in his career. He could really blossom and maybe push the levels a little bit more than being just a consistent 50 point guy. But I still have some doubts considering the situation and the team he's on and the coach he's under. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it was going to be a monstrous year for Velarde last year and then injuries got in the way as did inconsistency. And he's only played 152 games at this point in time. And it's been, um, it's been, I don't even know what the right word is because I don't want to say disappointing, but it's been underwhelming, underwhelming and challenging physically. I think for him to, to get to, his draft pedigree status, you know, and ultimately the Kings aside from their current goaltending situation appear to be going for it this year. Um, So you have to give something to get something obviously in the form of getting Dubois. I, it was funny when Marty and I looked at the, you know, the settlement before arbitration and Velarde taking two years at the term that he got, I, I felt like, wow, this is a lot of money for a guy who's shown 23 goals just once. Um, but, you know, it it kind of is what it is. Marty sees him as a higher value. I think down the road, if the Jets ultimately don't get 55 to 60 points a year out of Velarde, I think they'll be disappointed that he didn't help maximize the return on this trade. But um, big picture, you mentioned all these dominoes with the Jets. Like, what's going to happen here? Is there going to be a Shifley deal? Is there going to be a Hellebuck deal? Or are they going to look kind of like the Jets of last year. I think if the Jets are smart, they'll be proactive and flashy. The Jets generally are not proactive and flashy. So this is where it gets kind of complicated. Like if you want to talk about any team that like tends to be like very mid in their moves, in their everything, just their overall being, it's the Jets. And even years that they're good, they balance it out with the fan just to get back to that level. So, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a team with Dubois felt like their hands really were tied. So They had to make a move now, right? He didn't want to sign there. They already knew he wanted to test free agency. So you have to do something. This was a player you invested a lot to get. But I wonder if they view it differently with Shifley. Like, well, we got X number of years from him, blah, blah, blah. If he walks for nothing. Sure, that's fine. But like where your direction is, you need to, you really need to clarify it. You need to act proactively or you're just setting yourself back because you're just going to leave yourself a mess to clean up instead of, you know, pushing for assets. And I get it. Mark Shifley doesn't have a ton of value around the league. He shouldn't at this point because he has a ceiling offensively. He's a mess defensively. The vibes are completely off too. So you need to put him in where where a good team is going to view him is totally different from where the Jets have viewed him because he was one of the guys for the Jets versus, you know, just some supporting player on an actual contender. So it's going to get, you know, complicated there. And the Hellenbuck situation is so interesting too, because so many teams are taking away. You don't need elite goaltending after the Golden Knights run. And that's good for some teams. Sure. If you're Vegas, if you're Colorado, you don't, but not everyone's Vegas and Colorado. Not everyone's built that way. So it's going to be interesting to see where teams value Helmbuck, where they value John Gibson, 
you know, I know Marty, your favorite goalie of all time. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for that deal to happen. Like I need your analysis immediately. Well, I don't think those deals are happening because the goalie market <laughs> is saturated right now. Mm -hmm. The only thing that could happen, it, it it may start a few dominoes, is the Ilya Samsonov arbitration hearing. The Leafs came in at 2.4. He's at 4.9. It's scheduled for tomorrow. Maybe they settle before that. But where do you see Samsonov's value? And I made the point that if Samsonov gets awarded more than 4.54 million, which is that threshold, the, the Leafs could walk away and they could play hardball with him right now and say, hey, if you get awarded 4.55, 4.6, we're walking away and try being a UFA right now at the end of July in that goalie market. So they could play hardball. Well, where do you see Samsonov's value right now if, in fact, they end up going to arbitration? Yeah, I think you're right. The Leafs honestly should play hardball with that because the thing is, and the Leafs could turn to him and say, it's nice that you had a very good year for us. We put you in a great position to succeed, but you responded well to your workload. Yes. What did you do before that? We can't commit to you at some high number because his numbers before this, he has this baggage, I feel like, versus yes. someone like Philip Gustafson, right? I feel like they're in such different situations, even though they both had their breakout season as like a 1A goalie, is there were high expectations for Samsonov that he could never live up to there's the injuries the injuries that happened off the ice as well that doesn't it doesn't look good. or wheeler injury during the covid break is not going to help to, to yep. build a case there yeah exactly so there's a trust level he hasn't earned he fell out of favor numerous times in washington when he yes. was supposed to be their guy and then he didn't raise his level in the postseason for them beforehand you know obviously it was different with the leafs and he was good he was definitely not the problem for them this year it was everything else because of course there's always a million problems in the leafs land there can't yes. not be but it's just such an interesting one because if i'm the leafs i would want that one-year contract to bet on him obviously you try to get the one-year deal and then figure it out in a year but then the other complication of it is if he's really good for you this year, it might raise the level next year of that cost and they're not going to have the money next year. So they really need to try to get that mid-range contract. If uh, if I'm the Leafs, I'm pushing for like three by three. You know, that's a commitment. I think that it's a movable contract, but I don't see the player going for it. I feel like he would at least want the 3.5 kind of value. I said 4 million is the bottom line for Samsonov. And I think that that's going to be a sticky point, um, but we'll see, I guess. If you're the Leafs or the player, do you really want that many years at this point? I mean, the player is always going to take years. I get it. Unless he is betting short-term on himself to then turn it into a five-and-a-half multi-year deal. If I'm Gustafson in this situation, I take the one-year deal and I no, do not Samson commit to term. But yeah. Samsonov, oh. if I'm him, honestly... I would go for the three years. You've fallen out of favor with one team. You don't have a good enough reputation, I feel like, to to bet on yourself for that that short. I would want yeah. the security, right? I, I would think want I'm, the guarantee. I think I'm looking at it more from the Leaf standpoint. Would they really want to give him three years at this point? Uh, they gave Ryan Reeves three years, so why not? Of all the contracts <laughs> they've signed, the only player to get three years is Ryan Reeves on a 35-plus contract. So I yeah. honestly can't say this. As a logical person, would the Leafs want three years? They shouldn't, but why they? Who knows? Marty, Marty is, is, is Reeves actually, in fact, just like Tasker? Is he the emergency backup goaltender now in Toronto? Emergency backup kicker, goaltender, emergency everything. He bring, he's loud in the locker room. He brings noise. That's what they paid him for. Okay. Uh, but I will say this: if you're the Leafs, maybe you say, "Okay, we have Samsonov, and if we get him at a good price, we could also 
do a three-year plan and have Joseph Wall take over after a year and a half of time in year three, and then you can walk away from Samsonov. So I think they would be okay with the long term. I don't think Samsonov would be okay with three years at $3 million. I think he's saying, I finally had a number one job. I finally had the numbers to back it up. I need to get paid right now. That's the way I feel he would approach it. But He could. He totally could. I think that's going to bite him. I'm thinking about it too logically, but like, you're yeah, right though. He could easily say that I had an excellent year. I was top 10 goal saved above expected. I was the difference you needed last year in the postseason. You didn't get saves. Guess what you got this season? You got saves. You got them from me, not from Matt Murray, the guy you brought in to be your one yeah. a, I was supposed to be your one a your one B and I was your starter, but it's a little bit different too, because it's a different GM. Like, it's not like he's saying it's Kyle D was like, you bet on me and Murray and you were wrong. You thought I'd be your backup and look at what I did for you. You know, now it's a different situation altogether. But, you know, Brad Tree Living doesn't have a perfect record with goaltenders either, right? No, we so, who, do, who does, to be fair? That's true. That is true. I'm perfect with all goalies. I like. I wouldn't go for John Gibson. I'm telling you, that's my one and no right there. I'm going to be batting a thousand. We need to put a, a bet thousand. on this. No, we need a bet on this. If John Gibson goes to contender and is a top 10 goalie, like we need a bet on this one. Uh, oh, definitely. Okay. Where is he going that would be deemed a contender? New Jersey? Oh, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. I, I, I like New that Jersey's because got... like, but they looked at Hellebuck, right? Could they look at maybe gibson being more affordable in that way yeah I, if i'm them i don't look at helmbuck they don't need them they're built so well in front of the net they don't need to invest that money invest the money in the forwards like they did in their blue line like they did mm-hmm. i would go a little lower end on back and go i think they could be fine with the vanacek logan thompson tandem so john gibson absolutely if you're worried how does he handle defensive pressure at this point in his career <laughs> you don't have to wait a minute when did logan thompson end up in new jersey no, I'm saying that's the, that's the, that's the, if you have to acquire a goalie, I'm saying like, that's the kind of tandem I think would be okay. I with him, I don't if think Vegas wants to trade Logan Thompson, there's going to be a lot of teams. We like all, that want, to to, we all want Logan yes. Thompson. Of course we yes. do. Um, but that's like the tier they should be. The one B one, a goalie, not someone who they think could be a bonafide starter. And John Gibson, if you have questions, what you have backup, you have Schmidt, yeah. you have Vanacek, you have that safety net. And then in a year, you can get rid of Vanacek if you want and let Schmidt, you know, work it out with Gibson. Yeah. Okay. You're starting your franchise tomorrow. Okay. Do you want Swayman or Gustafson? Ooh. Tough one. I'm starting my franchise tomorrow. Same, same money, same everything. I'm just picking the player, right? Need to know the parameters. Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, it's just that both are up for the deals right now and they had comparable years and you know they're making zero dollars both of them right now as we speak so they're okay, so <laughs> no, no money down i will go swayman yes um yes. it's a this is a tough one i do like gustafson i like that he finally got a moment to shine and look at what he did but he's behind mm-hmm. one of the best defensive structured team in the league did mm-hmm. he respond well to his workload yes in 39 games played he was up i think he was seventh in goal saved above expected but the thing yeah. about that is as well as he might have performed in that a goalie might thrive in 39 games, put him at 45, put him at 50 and see if that number goes up or down. And a lot of the times, especially with the goalie who hasn't handled that workload, we see it go down. It did for someone like Vanacek at the end of the year when they fell apart because they're not accustomed to that workload. He's not there yet. Someone like Swayman obviously has the Bruins. So it's not like he has that he's a bad defensive team, but I think he has a little bit more to him in terms of like experience and certainty. I think he's proved a little bit more. 
I think he okay. came in with a little bit better expectation, uh, Swayman did, in the league. And I think that carries a little bit farther than Gustafson, who is like yeah. Ottawa's fourth goaltender, right? Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, we can trade him and no worries. But I, I agree. I think Swayman, for me, would be the guy. I think if I'm the Boston Bruins, I would consider saying, who wants Lena Solmark at $5 million a year? And give me a good return because I have Swayman to be able to take over that job. I would consider that. I like right. that hot take. Everyone's saying ship out Swayman. I like that. Okay, All right. Good. On that note, Marty and I continue to disagree. And um, <laughs> tiebreaker goes to you, Marty, you and Shana. Obviously, majority wins as far as Swayman over Gustafson. We'll see how it plays out. Thank you, Shana, for guesting a day early this week. And we'll see you again next week. Anytime. Shana Goldman from The Athletic. Marty drives the bus home after this on Sabres Live. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Welcome back to Sabres Live. Yes, Duffer had to run out, so it is me driving the bus. We want to thank Shanna Goldman for moving up a day early and all our great insight. Some NHL news that were unexpected on this uh, Thursday of July. Some coaching news. Dave Haxtell of the Seattle Kraken was extended through the 25-26 season. The Seattle Kraken and Haxtell had a fantastic season after a very average to below average first year uh, in the NHL. And what Dave Axel did is now earned himself three more years at the helm of the Seattle Kraken and will be their leader. Guy Boucher, formerly head coach of the Ottawa Senators, is now an assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mike Van Ryn, who is an assistant with the St. Louis Blues, is also a new assistant with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So that changes things a little bit. And Kirk Muller was hired as an assistant with Spencer Carberry of the Washington Capitals. Spencer Carberry was an assistant with Toronto before. So a lot of assistants moving around, a lot of teams rounding up their coaching staff, going through arbitration, obviously. Today, tomorrow, the next few days, we'll be talking about it here on Sabres Live. But more importantly, because I'm by myself here and driving the bus, I feel like the last 30 seconds of the show have to be dedicated to this or that. And a big time this or that for all of you this weekend that are movie goers is do you go to Oppenheimer or do you go to Barbie? I drove by Transit Lane yesterday and I was surprised that they have five screens now. It's huge. But if you had to go, do you go to Oppenheimer or do you go to Barbie? I'm saying I'm going to Oppenheimer and maybe I will go this weekend. But if you go to a movie, buy your popcorn, enjoy your chocolate and enjoy the flicks. So we'll see you tomorrow here. Same time, same channel. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, 
Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.